Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Scripture reading this day, which I invite you to uh, follow along either in reading or it'll be up on the screen if you would like to follow along, comes to us from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 6 to 10. Let us listen now to God's holy word and what it says to us this day. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel and the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. And this grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it now has been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. In Aurora, Colorado, around 2,000 people crowded into Faith Presbyterian Church, with a few hundred more gathered outside who weren't able to make it in. These people gathered to remember the life and legacy of John Denver, who died in a tragic plane accident. Hal Thal, a close friend of Denver, said that his music sprang from his feelings of love and the world we live in. I think we might say, especially singing some of the songs we have throughout the course of the series, and even on Friday evening, that much of his music resonated with the hearts of many as he infused his care for the environment, his care for one another, his, and his care about humanitarian issues into his music. Though, of course, Denver, like many of us, had his own struggles, he understood that the status quo was not something sustainable. The status quo was not sustainable or suitable if we were ever to keep moving forward as a human family. To move forward in this direction, he understood, and our scripture understands, that moving in that kind of direction requires a spirit of power. It it requires a spirit of love, of power and love, a spirit that God fires and rekindles within us. As we think about the song for today and as we hear this reading where Paul is writing to Timothy, who's sort of a contemporary or a counterpart of him and his work, we also spend some time this morning asking ourselves As Paul writes to Timothy, telling him not to be timid about his gift, his testimony, 
Is there an element of timidity or hesitation that keeps us from embracing the change that leads to something new, that leads to liberation, that leads to healing, that leads to reconciliation and restoration of not just ourselves, but of all creation? Or do we find that we possess a spirit, a heart that is open to gospel changes, that, as Denver says, are still going down? It's part of the question we ask ourselves this day. In our reading, we hear Paul echoing some of these words to Timothy. Second Timothy, which again is often attributed to the Apostle Paul, who wrote to Timothy, a fellow disciple or a missionary. And in this final letter to Timothy, Paul encourages him to not give in to a timid spirit, but to embrace a spirit of courage, one that testifies to the power of the gospel, to testify, to testify to something else, something more a spirit that also leads to dedication. And dedication requires sacrifice. One cannot be reserved in mission for the gospel, the good news, does exact a price that plays into the holy calling placed upon our lives. This price, or this response to the good news, comes from how we answer the questions we hear. Who saved us? Who is the one who placed this holy calling on our lives? Who is the one who stood by us? Who kept us from death's cold grasp and brought us the gift of eternal life? It was God. It was God and the sacrifice, as we hear in the New Testament, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. It should be enough to spur us on in a spirit that is courageous and brave and bold. And Paul encourages Timothy and spurs us on in our own work to embody the transformational good news found in Christ. For we find that our lives are often rooted in things that run counter to the gospel, things that run counter to the good news that brings life, whether it be loyalty to something that isn't helpful or healing, whether we find that we place our trust more in, in whatever, you fill in the blank, whether it be how we cling to partisan politics or even within our own denominational or religious groups, or whether we, I don't know if there's any, you know, people who would die for, you know, Mayopac's reputation, but, you, you know, you place in whatever you want. There are things in this world that run counter to the life-givingness we find in God's Word. And Paul says, if we are to respond, we are to root ourselves in this saving grace of God, this saving grace that challenges us, that pushes us to not place our loyalty or our trust in these things alone, but to place it in Christ, in God, who abolished death and brought life. It takes courage to follow the gospel. It takes a courageous spirit to follow in the footsteps of Jesus who abolished death 
and brought life and light. Some of that is touched on in the song we sang today, Gospel Changes, where he sings about the consequences that befall us when we give into ideologies or practices that encourage us to take advantage of one another. For some men worship the golden calf and others are bought and sold. Brothers, if we live like that, we pay the toll. And Paul, too, warns Timothy about the perils of not living out the gospel message with a bold passion, a clear image for the future. And of course, Denver and Paul, let's forget the fact that time separates these two. They are not the only ones to write about the challenges of embracing this call and living it out with a bold passion, a bold spirit, a courageous spirit that calls for transformation. There is another group of people who struggled with this same understanding, this same kind of message of what it means to live out the gospel in a way that actually impacts people. Not just words that are written on a page, not some prayer or doctrine, something that could be used to inspire people to do something more. In 1968, a group of Latin American bishops gathered to write something known as the Mendelin documents, which included the following passage. They wrote, it is the same God who in the fullness of time sends his son in the flesh so that he might come to liberate all people from all slavery to which sin has subjected them. Hunger, misery, oppression, and ignorance in a world that injustice and hatred which have their origin in human selfishness. These bishops wrote during a time where they faced an authoritarian government that was not afraid to attack fundamental human rights, that was not afraid to oppress or harm or kill innocent civilians, a government that endangered the common good. The bishops called for a radical change found on God's saving power and love, sometimes emphasizing what it means for us to live in a new community. For change, especially gospel change, requires, sometimes requires that we rebuild from the ground up, that we reprioritize completely within our hearts what we prioritize as people of God. Sometimes gospel change requires that we start over, start fresh, to set aside where we have placed our trust in things in the beginning and start from the ground up listening for what we hear Christ say, that love that permeates all things. For if we find that we do this work and that it's challenging, it is challenging work. We need to listen to what the good book says, but is it good news to us or do we understand it as good news? For if we live in positions of power or of certain status or find that the gospel does not challenge our stations in life, perhaps we need to look at why that is. Maybe we need to readjust our comfort level to allow the Spirit of God to take us from what is comfortable and timid to what is bold and revolutionary. 
So we consider what it means for us to live with a spirit that is bold, we jump back to the song Gospel Changes, which John Denver didn't actually write the song Gospel Changes, but it was a song written by a man named John Williams, not the John Williams who composed Star Wars or Indiana Jones, not, not that John Williams. That would, be, that would be interesting. And who knows if John Denver fully believed in the words of this song he sung. But what we do know is that Denver was a man who embraced a higher calling of his own to creation, to his fellow man, and to all those things that required someone to be an advocate. As we wrap up our August series, we are reminded of our purpose here on earth as people who are instilled with a holy spark of the divine within us. And as we wrap up our series, we are left with the question of who we can be as the people of God, as a community founded on the love of God. I think this is wrapped up beautifully in that poetic dream that Jim read for us, the poem by Langston Hughes, that, cha that challenges us to envision the world God imagines for our lives together. Where Langston Hughes says, I, have a, I dream a world where man, no other man will scorn, where love will bless the earth and peace its past adorn. I dream a world where all will know sweet freedom's way, where greed no longer saps the soul, nor avarice blights our day. A world I dream, where black or white, whatever race you be, will share the bounties of the earth, and every man is free. Where wretchedness will hang its head, and joy, like a pearl, attends the needs of all mankind. Of such a world I dream. Gospel changes will keep coming. They always keep coming. It never ends. We won't get to a point where gospel changes won't happen because the Spirit of God is always encouraging us and pushing us to evaluate and reevaluate our mission, to evaluate and reevaluate our own spiritual lives, to consider how we are living fully into the good news, the life giving news. It is always encouraging us to dive deeper into our faith. And this change, this gospel change, will nudge us and keep nudging us forward and onward until we break free from the cycles of oppression that normalize things that keep one another shackled or oppressed or under some other form or system. Friends, let us listen to what the good book says the gospel change that keeps coming and coming again. Let us pray hard. Let us speak words of comfort and conviction. And let us work towards the, war, towards the dream of living in a better world as we live with an emboldened spirit, not a timid spirit, an emboldened spirit that blazes with the love and light of God. That yes, abolishes death, and brings forth new life. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week.
If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.